like screen as opposed to the person, which I feel like always causes a weird kind of dynamic. So what I've done is I've actually set up like a little teleprompter. I've got my like a secondary monitor, an iPad. My iPad is a secondary monitor, so I now I'm staring directly at you, but in the camera as opposed to down at the screen or whatever. How's everybody doing? Pretty good. Yeah. Awesome, yeah. actually. I know. I, uh, I think. Sorry, someone's going to say something. Sorry. I don't... All right, go ahead. Well, uh, I was just going to say, I, I'm, I'm like, I'm really. I know this is a scary time for a lot of people, and and and, but I'm kind, actually kind of excited about uh, uh, about you know, what's happening, and uh, as far as like the these changes are almost thrust upon us and I'm kind of excited that, that no matter what we have to respond and we have to adapt. So I'm actually excited about changes and all of the seeming, seemingly a lot of the opportunity that we have, that we have uh, something presented to us. I think that just that outlook is key right now and looking at this as like an opportunity and being being sure to like look at this that way and, and start focusing on how is this going to make me innovate for the next season, you know, or, or after this. <clears throat> oh, there he is. Why, why am not, I seeing your screen? That's interesting. It's because uh, I needed to do something a little bit different, which is annoying, but okay. we're working through it. Hey, uh, Chris, have you heard from Mo? I have not. Okay. So you don't know what's yeah. going on. Huh? He's he, aware of this, right? He, he what? He's aware of this, right? Should I ping him? Oh, no, 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 no. He, he texted me way late last night. He's in the hospital. Oh, no. So I haven't, he hasn't responded to me. Like, I don't know what's going on. He just said that he's in the hospital and he's not going to be making it today. So obviously. I just talked to him the other day and he seemed fine. Yeah, me too. <clears throat> so I don't know what happened since yeah. then, but same here. When did you find out he was in the hospital? Because um, I know it was two days ago he was doing okay. Yeah, ten forty-five. My ten forty-five last night, which was his like four forty-five in the morning, he texted me. Me and Dave. Yeah, his his voice didn't sound too great. Yeah, he didn't. He, he sounded sick. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully it's not the COVID. I hope not. No, he thought he, he had the virus. He got tested and then he told me, good news, that he's tested negative. He seemed when, fine. When was that? Day before yesterday. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because I talked to him. We had to talk on Monday <clears throat> and he was completely fine. It seemed like he was doing good. <clears throat> no, we, one of our partners came down with it. And he's recovered, and thank God, that's good. Uh, but he tested negative twice before he tested positive. Oh, wow, oh, wow. that's, that's so, crazy. And uh, apparently, depending on the viral load, yeah, it, it, it can be difficult to test for. Well, there's different tests coming out now. 
Right, there's that 15 minute one where they prick you, but it takes 15 minutes to do one. Um, so I just want to, let's just, I want, because I know everybody's on time crunch here, but, um, especially Chris, um, just wanted to pose that question again, like, and there might be still people kind of popping in and out. Um, Ben, Ben Burns said he might pop in, but he had a, he had a late night with some, with some little toddlers. So we'll see if he comes in, but, um, just wanted to pose again, like, during this time, what, what can we do to like really almost, almost get, um, get a little bit more of Will's perspective, right? Um, I don't know, you want to do live? I guess we can do live. Um, yeah, let me get that on. What can we do to like acquire a little bit more of Will's perspective when, when we're faced with all this uncertainty and what's happening now is one thing I think, but what is coming like the kind of like the loom of oncoming, you know, uncertainty, what is, how, how do we, how do we face that in a, in a positive way? Go. We meet it with a contemplative silence. We yeah. pause in the moment. <laughs> my, my personality, and this is not a solution or uh, everyone should do this, but my personality is someone, because <clears throat> uh, uh, on those personality t tests, the Enneagram in particular, I'm um, a, f a five, uh, sorry, a six. So um, basically I like to gather information. And so my, my weakness is in execution, like, putting into practice the things that I, I, the knowledge that I gather. So for me, in these types of scenarios, like I go into, okay, I need to know everything about everything. And so I just start consuming whatever's out there. And you can imagine like, you know, I'm trying to sift through what is true, what is not true, what is real, what's not real, what's, you know, what are the authorities saying? Um, so the, I go into that space. So <clears throat> I was sharing with Mario last week, I had a little, a mini freak out because I was just thinking through like, okay, we're in this now and it's, it's, it's bad, but it doesn't seem like super, super like tangibly bad, but I'm thinking, you know, two months, three months, six months, a year down the road, what are the repercussions, not just the virus, the, you know, and the, the, the medical bio kind of stuff, but also economically, like as a solopreneur, what does this mean? Not just for myself, but for the economy in general. And then I just start going down that, that um, rabbit trail of, of, you know, all the scenarios that could happen. So I'm not suggesting this as a, uh, everyone should do this, but that's been my personal experience. For the most part, I feel like I'm, I'm keeping sane, but if I let myself get too entrenched in the, the data out there, um, I, I can easily like go down that, those rabbit trails. I have a follow-up question for David. So I'm curious how your brain works. If you're met with a lot of negative data points, the way you insulate yourself from going down that horrible negative path is to just say, okay, I'm only going to process so much. But on the flip side, if the economy was booming, ripping and roaring, everybody's falling over buckets of money, do you do the same thing? Do you also insulate yourself from the positive data points 
so that you can keep going the way that you're going? Um, I think so to, to some degree, but I think the, I don't know if it's just, I guess it's probably my upbringing, but um, my parents being immigrants who left Korea after the war, the country was kind of war torn and uh, looking for uh, better opportunities for my brother and I um, coming here with basically nothing. Uh, the, the default sort of uh, posturing is safety. Like what is the worst case? Let's assess what the situation, what is the worst case scenario? And then what can I do about like mitigating that from, from that happening? And so whether I, I think that's why I'm naturally more a, a cynic than I am an optimist. And uh, I know I'm, I've probably got a lot of work to do in that, in that case, in, the, in that sort of um, mindset development. But uh, I think I, I naturally am hedging uh, in terms of like, you know, what is the worst case scenario and what, what can be done, whether the environment is good or bad. I guess that's true to your personality type then. So what will cause you to take action then? Um, I don't know. I, I think it depends on the context. Uh, sometimes it's, it's inspiration, seeing um, others doing, um, seeing, having models and trying to model after that. Um, also having like scaffolding towards different success. So having, having experienced a bit of success and then sort of doubling down on that and seeing that, you know, grow and grow and grow. And so letting that sort of um, take me th down that, uh, that trail. So yeah, it's more incremental than like, oh, this is like an inkling of a good idea. I'm putting everything, I'm putting the house down on this thing. So there's this uh, adoption curve, you know, uh, where they talk about like a new idea comes up. There's the innovators who jump on almost all the things all the time, no matter what. There's the early adopter. There's the late adopter. And then I think there's something, I think, I don't know the term, but maybe it's called a mass. And then there's the laggards who are just yeah. like, you know. Majority, it's the early majority, late majority. You're talking about the diffusion of innovation curve. Yes. So what's the one in the middle? What's the, the lump of humanity? What do we call it? <laughs> The early, yeah, early majority, late majority, and then there are laggards. Oh, okay. So where do you put yourself in there, David? Uh, I, I, I'd like to think of myself as an early adopter, but I don't think I am. I'm probably in the, uh, in the early adopter. Uh, I think I do the research when, like, when I hear of something coming, like an, a new technology or whatever coming up, then I'll do all my research and like, oh, that's kind of cool. That's kind of interesting. And then I'll have to see a couple other people coming or other, you know, people um, starting to work in that space as well. And it's like, okay, this is, there's something there. Uh, so I'm probably, I'd like to think of myself as an early, early adopter, but more practically, I'm probably like uh, early, what is it? Early mass? Early, early majority. <laughs> Here, I'll, I'll pull up the curve. I'll pull up the curve on my screen. That way, you guys can actually green graphics. See it. <laughs> you can see where you are. So while Will is doing that, we'll kind of just think about it. But you know, I was going to share this post inside the pro group, and 
it, it's something that there's this debate about our exploration of Mars. And one scientist says, you know, we need to prepare for Mars because Earth might not be a viable planet for humans anymore. And of course, other scientists say that's a dangerous thing to start saying because then we're going to neglect our duties to take care of the planet, the one home that we know we can live on, right? And then the other scientist counters that in, in, in he goes on to say something like this, and I'm paraphrasing. He says that we've been a migratory species forever. This is what happened. Like we, we, we migrated away from sub-Saharan Africa to find easier places to live. And we established civilizations. And when that didn't work or some people would explore and they'd keep exploring until we humans touch all, all corners of the globe. And that this is how we survive. We adapt and we overcome. And just think about that a little bit. And when, when the scientists explained that to me, I was like, that's, that's right. We're a migratory species. Some of us remain nomadic, but uh, we, we set our roots. And what happens is after one or two generations, people forget that we came from some other place. So that how we got here was because there was a spirit of adventure searching for something new and pushing on. And if you look back at any successful organism, any kind of country or company, they've adapted and they're, they're pushing. So there's always some kind of segment within your company, your organization that looks for what's new to plan for moments like this. The question that Mario had opened up was this idea of certainty. Like how do you stay calm and positive amidst such chaos? But my whole philosophy on this is certainty is an illusion. We have no more control about what's happening in the world than we do today than we have ever had. Um, if you think back to the, the, the massive earthquake that broke freeways and bridges in, in Southern California, one night you were sleeping, the next morning the world had changed. And then there was a 9-11 event, which was really hard to comprehend at that time. Like, why would somebody do this? Thank you, Will. So, and then, and then there was the, um, the subprime market, like in late 2007, 2008, and the, the economic universe collapsed upon itself and we're all scrambling like what are we going to do with our lives so i just think that the only certainty is change and we have to prepare for that all the time we have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable An another thought popped into my head today in processing all of this is this is that how you have prepared for this moment in time will largely determine how you feel in this moment so Will's built a business that, is, that can be done remotely for the most part. Uh, there's recurring revenue and there's things that are still needed, uh, things around, around search and, and marketing. They're, they're still needed. Um, I don't know this. I'm, I'm just assuming too that people who have built up a large war chest or have savings aren't as panicked as people who are living hand to mouth. So what happens is in times of uncertainty during crisis moments like this, it just reveals more of who you are. It really is. So if you're a person who's prone to stress and feel anxious and to be angry at change, well, guess what? Under stress, you're going to be anxious. You're going to be angry. And this is how you're going to behave. This is what I think. Uh, so, I, I'd, love to push, I'd love to push on that if that's okay. And that yeah, is, yeah. Can I just make a thought and then you push back? For sure. Absolutely. Yeah, of course. So. I think what's happening is there's a firestorm that's peeling away all the different layers of you and it's left with your core. If you were strong before, you will be strong now. If you were scared before, I think you'll be even more scared now. It's just a, a baptism by fire, right? 
like I'm, I'm not running around like all crazy because most of my team have been working remotely. We have very flexible office hours. We sell a product that people can buy virtually anywhere in the world and we're not hit by the supply chain. Of course, we're feeling the impacts of this, but it's just revealing who you are. So Will, please push back. I think it's in these exact moments. So you're right. I think it does that. And I think for most people, that's exactly what they do, but uh, amplify trial by fire. And most people, uh, yeah, either sink or swim. I think most probably actually sink. Uh, but I think this is the time if, and I think if we actually actively think about it, this is the time to actually challenge some of our beliefs. And, and I think now we're probably going to be more aware of our, of how we're interacting and how we're reacting uh, than at any other time because it's almost normalized, which means that if we can actually kind of notice what we're doing, hopefully at that point, this is my default stance, how about uh, I, I try this different thing? I, I think a lot of what we do seems to like constantly be this like, look for a, a, an answer somewhere, somewhere, some system or something, as opposed to just internalizing and saying, hey, this is who I am, and I have the power to, to, to change it and improve it. So I just think that that's maybe that's, yeah, that's kind of my thought on it. I think you, you really, you grabbed onto something there with Will, with noticing, because I think a lot of people don't have a, a, a posture of being able to be curious about what they're feeling, right? One of, when I discovered this word, I loved it immediately. I loved the way it sounded and what it described, but the phenomena of apophenia, which is the human condition of wanting to see a pattern, in what they're experiencing, how it meshes with their beliefs. Uh, you know, Chris, I, I think this goes to a lot of what you talk about, about confirmation bias. But people are very, very, you know, it's one of the cognitive things that separates human beings from all other species is we have an ability to be predictive. And that ability is to lesser or greater effect, depending on how also able we are to be curious about our own beliefs or our own perception of how something is happening. And, uh, you know, I'm a recovering addict, right? So I'm not wired properly to, to really understand how my filters are working. So I have to engage in the act of pausing to allow myself cognitively to suggest, hey, Maybe you should be curious and take yourself out of this thing and try to look at it from an exterior view. Uh, so, you know, I, I think that bears on it too. People's, people have a, a varying ability to do that. And, and I don't think that that's a, a character fault. I think, it's a, I think it's a trait of the species. I think, go ahead, Will. I, I... We're, there's uh, not that many people in here, so we can know. Right, okay, I just want to make, I, 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 I want to make sure you're the, you're the host. So here's my thought, and, and, and you mentioned it, and, and you know, there's this critical kind of life event that happens, and I'll never be able to understand it. Uh, but I think it's these kinds of, like, these kinds of like, pandemics and pressure cooker situations that I think could be, uh, I'm not going to say similar, but maybe a parallel that's going to force us to actually really, really look at ourselves and hopefully figure out, okay, I need to change my behavior because situation, what I'm doing clearly isn't working and, and how I'm wired isn't necessarily the best version of what I could be. 
So I think that maybe it is that opportunity in all of this to, to be uh, so deeply introspective or at least maybe superficially introspective enough to know that change can be propelled. I think that, that, that takes a certain mindset that you've developed over time. Like there are people that are getting crushed <clears throat> by this mentally and internally because they can't, they can't handle the, un, under, they can't understand the situation and because they can't understand it, they get crushed by it because they don't, they're not prepared kind of going back to what Chris was saying, like they haven't prepared their, their life to weather any storms like this, but they've also never prepared mentally to handle the stress of certain situations like this. So this will shut people down dangerously. I think we're going to see a lot of, sadly, I think we're going to see a lot of people um, entering into a deep, deep depression and ending up um, sadly, you know, ending that in some, some, really permanent way for themselves through this because they didn't see it happening. They didn't, they, they couldn't imagine it happening. And when it did happen, they couldn't deal with it. So, yeah. Can I kind of jump into it? Cause there's a bunch of things that Will's brought up that I want to respond to, which is this, is that I, I, I think I'm responding the way that I responded and Will's responding to the way that he's going to respond. So I'm not disagreeing with that, that if I've made my life, being uncomfortable and looking for new things. This is just another new thing that's happening. And so I've built up resistance through constant exposure to be uncomfortable. The boat that I, I, I reside in is always bumpy and shaking and selling for different areas. Like I said in, in the story about migratory species, it's like some of us have set up camp and we've become very comfortable in this village and we forgot that there was another world that was outside, that we came from somewhere else and that there's somewhere else to go to. And those are the people that now the, the volcano of Pompeii is like exploding. They're like, what are we going to do now? And so they're, 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 there's an external prompt, a, a, call to, a new call to action to say like, you must decide now. The time for waiting is over. So you must decide who are you going to become? Some people stand there like, you know, it looks pretty far away. I think it'll be okay. Some people are like, let's grab our stuff and go. Some people are busy hoarding things and some others are robbing other people while they're vacating their homes. This is how we act. And my encouragement to everybody, and it's, it's hard to say this right now in kind of the midst of, the, of what's going on, and yet the things we're to find out, which is you must be prepared for this. It's like if you are in that state of mind that you've harnessed, that you've, you've meditated on this and you've prepared for this moment so that when the earthquake happens, you know what to do. So when the plane hits turbulence, you know what to do. This is all about preparation because now we're in it and it's hard to say, well, I should have banked some money. I should have not spent on, uh, money on things that I didn't need or I could have diversified my business or I could have switched into a whole nother area that was exciting but scary, but I didn't. So now it's upon us and, and Will's absolutely right. They have no choice but to face the dilemma, the threat that's in front of them. And some people will rise and shine and some people will crush under the weight because they're so not prepared for this kind of potentially catastrophic event. I, I think, I think, I, thank you. Uh, they, I think it's, we can never be too sure. Like you could, you could argue that, uh, you know, had this, if hyperinflation hits, there's no amount of money you could have, you could have saved up. If, uh, like, depending, like this, I don't think you can ever be truly ready for every single situation. You can do your best, but I think it's all a matter of perspective. And I think that is, uh, like, 
I think I'm excited about every single kind of change that happens. I don't know what's going to, I don't know whether I'll be able to like, whether we'll weather the storm or I, I don't know a lot of, no one, no one has any more certainty. Some people just, I think, get excited about the challenge. I think maybe it's rather than worrying about all of the things we can't control, worry one thing you can control is how excited you are about exactly like, like about the change. You're going to learn no matter what. So may as well just get excited and almost get happy about the opportunity to do so. But I know we're going in circles here. And I think we're talking about, uh, you know, preparation, right? Um, so the question of the, the topic is the battle to stay positive and keeping moving and keep moving forward. And so, so, so far we've been talking about preparedness and I see it as two ways that there's the circumstantial and situational preparedness, right? So dig your well before you're thirsty. When you're thirsty, it's too late to dig your well. Um, you don't know like, oh shoot, now I got to uh, start saving up and, and uh, get, building some runway and doing all the things. It's like, th- those are things you should have prepared for before. And the people who didn't situationally or circumstantially prepare their business or themselves financially to uh, be in this, now they're going to be devastated. Uh, and, and then on the other hand, there's not the circumstantial and situational, but there's also the mental, emotional, spiritual preparation um, to be able to weather this. And I've seen, I, I've seen kind of both spectrums, people that are pretty well off and don't have anything to freak out about uh, sick, circumstantially are freaking out because they're not mentally, emotionally prepared for it. And then some people who like, man, they'd be screwed. Like they really don't have any money, uh, but they're fine uh, mentally and emotionally because they have, so th- there's, there's both, I think. Um, so yeah, on the one hand, dig your well before you're thirsty, but now it's kind of too late to like go back, like hindsight's twenty twenty. like now, next time, you know, be, be prepared. Um, but then I think for the mental, uh, spiritual, emotional preparedness for me, it's just kind of like, I don't know if it's, it's like ignorance is bliss. Like I don't react the same way. I, I tend to be very stoic, um, in regards to, whether it's positive or negative. So Chris, I was kind of reflecting on what you were saying, like when it, whether the market's booming or whether it's like doing bad, I don't get like overly happy or overly anxious. I'm just like, it is what it is. Uh, and, you know, I don't get to choose the cards that I'm dealt. I just get to choose how I'm going to try to play them. And um, I don't feel like I'm an innovator. I don't feel like I'm necessarily like an early adopter. I'm probably like a early, earlier on the early majority side, but um, yeah, I, I, I don't, I, I'm kind of like a little bit stoic towards this, but for the the spiritual and emotional preparedness, I think it's having core underlying beliefs and hopes, right? If my beliefs and hopes are in in how things are going today, then if they change tomorrow, then my, my joy, my hope, all that stuff leaves. And so it can't be just in your circumstances, in your situation. You have to have underlying core beliefs that you're holding to. And then the other thing is um, testing uh, and exercising and developing and stretching, right? So if you go to the gym, you're tearing your muscles so that you can become stronger. And so the people who have uh, tend to bail out when things get tough or not try new things or to not stretch themselves and, and, um, and not develop those, uh, those things, then they're also not going to be prepared um, uh, emotionally. It's like, Oh crap, everything, you know, falls apart. So I think it's it, like the people who are okay they're usually okay with stretching themselves and trying new things and, and getting outside of their comfort zone and failing and, and all of those things because they've been tested before and because they've developed that their emotional muscles, their spiritual muscles, mental muscles are a little bit stronger to where I think they could weather the storm. 
I think also that you have to have an antecedent to do that, Sean, which is it's the, the people that are okay are also the people who understand what they have some control over and what they don't and where the effort is best put. Because I know for me personally, I could put myself in a spin cycle all day long watching news right now and just going into like a feedback loop of something I have no control over. Whereas if I stay focused on the moment I'm in and the things that I can actually be actionable about, I get, I feel immediate reassurance. It's like, oh, I can get that done. But I think a lot of people don't know how to differentiate those two things. And I think, Sean, that goes to something, I think you just maybe called it spiritual preparedness. And I, and I think it is a question of the spirit, right? Whether you choose to view that from a sort of organized religious standpoint or just from a sort of uh, an idea that, that you, you have resources outside of yourself that you can lean into. So it's, that's fascinating to me. So maybe there is a component of this that is community. Like, like as you're saying this, I'm like, you know, what did I, what emotions did to help practice this? And I think maybe part of it, whether it's spiritual or, or you know, like where Chris fits in, I think, you know, this is a plug for the future group. And that is like, there's so much support and you feel like no matter what happens, there's someone who's going to help you through it. And I can, I guess, the spiritual or, or professional. Sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, you know, what's very interesting about the pandemic that we're all facing right now. And, and this is the hopeful, optimistic side in me is that we're all going through this together. Like nobody can escape this thing. Whereas if you had your money in the market or if you didn't live in Southern California when the earthquake hit, we're separated. It's like it happened to them. It's not going to happen to me. But this is like touching everybody, even countries that are not impacted have already taken measures. And so we're going through something, I think, for the first time in the history of this this civilization uh, as a species, as we're facing something together. And my hope is that it's making us really aware of like how fragile we are in this universe and what we need to do together as, as a country, as a nation, as a society, and uh, the, the, the global kind of network of humans that we are, what can we do together? Like, how can we better communicate? How can we better share resources and divert, uh, personnel or money or, or supplies to, to areas in need, what can we do? And I think hopefully, I mean, I, I know there's going to be some political blowback and you're not supposed to do this on a channel like this, I suppose, but it's like we're realizing the need for some, something uh, to, to like universal basic income, something to help people when times like this happen. There's no infrastructure about the necessity of healthcare that people should not go bankrupt. Not only are they losing people, but they're going to go bankrupt during this process. There's some basic ideas that I think we as a civilized country need to sit down and take a long, hard look at and have a real conversation about this. So I'm a, I'm a hopeful person that maybe this is the thing that need to kick us all in the butt to say like, guys, let's stop playing politics here and let's talk about taking care of each other. Yeah, I think 100%, 100%. I think- Chris Doe for president. Yeah. If anything, if there's anything that we're learning through all of this is that we need each other, that we're going through this together. And there's this point of uh, commonality that every human being right now on pretty much on the face of the earth is is um, connecting on. So I know in, in Vancouver here and 
maybe Chris, uh, part of the solution is more Americans move up to Canada and uh, take care, take advantage of the, the, uh, the amenities here. But um, one of the things here that's happening every 7 p.m., I don't know if it's happening throughout the world, but uh, at least in Vancouver, every 7 p.m., people are coming outside and banging pots and making lots of noise to celebrate all of the, the people on the front lines, all of the, um, the healthcare workers, uh, just to let them know that, that, that we acknowledge them. And it's amazing. Like I've seen some of the footage, like I live kind of in the sub suburb. So there's not a lot of that happening because everyone's sort of separated in their houses, but um, in dense places like downtown Vancouver, where there's, you know, a density of, of high rises, it's incredible. The amount of like, I want to go down and drive, drive down there just to experience the energy. But I have friends who live down there who are taking videos of this stuff. And it's just like, they feel so, overwhelmed with emotion participating in this knowing that all these other people are in the same space and feeling the same thing so i think community is a huge huge component that will like you said we're reflecting on that now we're becoming there's a heightened awareness of that the need for that then even pushing into what chris was saying i think that they 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 play off each other right like the the community yes we have this community and speaking of the future group or speaking of any, any kind of intimate gathering of, of people that, that, that walk through life together with you, Sean and I, you know, um, have our church groups and, and we have within that church group, we have smaller, smaller groups that we're intimately connect, connected with. <clears throat> but I think I was talking to somebody from Trinidad yesterday and she was telling me about what's going on there. And it's the same. And, and it's literally every, every person I've talked to around the world, it's the same. And I think, Chris, you, you posted something about one of Bill Gates' um, quotes a while back that got some backlash a little bit too. But he was saying, you know, it, it's really it's really alarming that that what this is doing is is reminding us who we are and we're all human, right? We're all the same, and that was that I think that was truly I think the sentiment he was trying to get at was that we are all the same, we are all human. Let's start being human and let's try to figure this out together and instead of instead of pitting each other against each other right let's let's kind of start pushing into our global community and start being more of that global community i was telling i was telling this young this woman yesterday it's like we don't really we never really think about it too much but what what happens what what my mentality is and what i put out into the world affects her in trinidad when i've never really met her so anything that we put out into the world will affect everybody else in the world but you know, when, when do we hear that? When do we, when do we even, when are we even aware of that, that what I do here in my little town in, in Hawaii is going to affect somebody in Trinidad. It's going to affect somebody in Fresno, California, <clears throat> Vancouver, wherever. Um, you know, we need to be mindful that our actions and what we think, how we think, what we do is really part of, of this global community. And, and how, can we, how can we push into that and, and, and help one another? Not only in this time, but I think this, maybe, maybe this is just the catalyst for the future time, future with an E, not, not without an E, you know, and, and, with it, and without an E. But, you know, how can we, how can we push into this time and, and, and make the most of this time to remind us how we can be better for the future. I'm a little concerned that we're all like, we're all very similar, I think, and we all have very similar beliefs, and we're I think we're all saying the same thing from very kind of different perspective. I'm wondering, like, 
Um, like, like for people, who, I, I think back to where I was 20 years ago. Uh, like, what were the what would the tangible steps be to help us get through something like this? Like, think back to when you were, you know, uh, like when you were first starting your career. If this were to happen, what would you say to yourself to calm yourself down or, or to, to give yourself hope? It's a really good question, Will. Yeah. I think a lot of good questions. I'm not, not sure about the answers, though. <laughs> I just think like in every situation in life, it, the story you tell yourself about what's happening really dictates the reality or shapes the reality that you're experiencing. So if you and I had this conversation, I'd say, hey, Will, this is pre-COVID, right? Hey, Will. Um, let's all just take like three months off of work and let's like refocus on what matters, you know, like let's spend some really quality time with the people we love the most. And let's, let's kind of think about what it is we want from life and get our compass pointed in the right direction and do our five-year planning. We're like, that's, and, and you know what, we're going to tell all our, our clients just to chill for three months and everybody just relax. Well, we were sitting there like high-fiving each other. This is going to be good, Chris. Like, I'm going to get some clarity. I got some books that I need to catch up on. I've been meaning to, like, start a new exercise or diet program. This would be fantastic. So the lens in which you look at things, your worldview, your, your, your point of view, can really change how things are going. Like, right now, aside from the fact that I, I, I can't go out uh, and go uh, frequent a, a cafe or – uh, go in public spaces, it's been pretty wonderful. So if you're a 30-year-old person, just think about this. Like, You have to, to understand and recognize there's things that are out of control and there's things that you can control and things that you can do. To spend your energy trying to change the things that are out of control is just wasted. It's just wasted, just wasting everything that you have. So we're reading the news, we're hearing about uh, one governor, one mayor, one president, one prime minister doing one thing or the other. It's like, if you can't change that, I, I just don't know uh, if you want to invest more energy into, unless it's really building you up, why would you just spend more of your energy there? I, I think it's just like, like I said, it's, it's a horrible thing that's happening right now. But just know that if you're going bankrupt, everybody in your town's going bankrupt and we'll figure a way out of this. The bank's not coming after you any more than the, the 200,000 200, other people they have to come after. And it's nothing that you did. You didn't mismanage your business. You didn't uh, poorly uh, uh, run your company and, and, and fire or hire the right for the wrong person. It's, these things happen. So why don't we just use this time to reconnect with what we, what we want to do more of? And maybe when this is over and we figure this thing out, you have a whole new set of eyes to look at the world. Maybe that's not so bad. I had a uh, years ago, I can't remember where I came across it, but it, uh, it, they talked about circles of influence. And it was exactly what you're describing, like the things that you can, and it just kind of, it, it did a really good job kind of like visually referencing things for me. And it's just, you know, right around you, there's this, there's a circle. These are the things that are close to you, the things that you can affect. Then for a little further out, there's another circle of things that are, uh, will take more effort to affect. And then outside of that is the rest of the world. And so like within that circle, you have your family, you have your job, you have your immediate surroundings, and that's where you should spend your time. Like the other things, it's like, okay, if something does go wrong, that I can, I can do that. But ever past that, just like 
what's happening you know, for COVID or what's happening, you know, burning down rainforests or, 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 or I don't know, landslides or whatever in other countries. Like, I, we could worry about it, but no amount of worry is ever going to do anything. And that's always kind of like, I've explained this to people a couple of times where I'm like, this, this circle of influence. I don't know where that came from, but um, yeah, it was, a, it was a really kind of interesting analogy that stuck with me. Guys, I want to stay and have a, a long conversation with you to see where this goes, but I have to bounce. I've got a three appointment, uh, three o'clock appointment. I had to bounce, so it's great chatting with you. Appreciate Dad. you, Chris. Okay. Thank you. See you, Chris. Thanks. Yep. And then there were six. <laughs> so, how do you think? I mean, to your point, Will. Um, what would that? What would that? conversation look like you know with your 20 year old self i have thoughts on that but i think it's because my i i remember being that 20 year old self you know working in industry and and when when i was my 20 year old self um was was when internet was going you know and then um and then 211 hits or you know 911 hits and 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 then chaos right so like this is the third world like this is the third like recession that i'm going to be actually be living through and going through so i don't know if that i don't know if like to sean's point like i don't know if that that um that testing that has already happened in my life has has prepared me and and kind of molded my my i guess demeanor going through things um but i know that when when things did happen at that time when I was 20, whatever, um, 25, that I still kind of took it very similarly that I'm taking it now, because I think there's a, there's a going back to what Sean was saying, like there's a core of me that has remained steady since this whole thing through this whole thing. But maybe that is because of community. Maybe that, you know, even though my community was different, it was still a smaller community of people walking through life with me. Um, can you can you channel your twenty year old self right now? And you know what? Uh, there's I think there's something really interesting that uh, we met up with Chris uh, on New Year's Day, and we we got to meet his son Otto, and it was it was neat because Tina had asked that question about like do you, you know do you get a lot of advice from from your dad? This like sage, this wizard who knows everything, and he's like no. I just kind of like, what do you mean? No, like you, you're, you are sitting like at the, at the, at the mouth of the river. You're sitting at the source. Why are you not? And he's like, he's like, my dad doesn't give me advice unless I ask for it. And I think as, as you asked that question, like, you know, like I think we spend a lot of time trying to tell people advice that is useful to us, but we don't remember that we're only ready for that advice at a very specific point. Going with this is like, we can give and dispense so much advice that it'll likely never lend because the person is not ready for it. But we can surround ourselves by the people who, if we do have questions and if we are ready and receptive, that they're actually the people who are most prepared to give us the best kind of advice that's gonna move us forward. I think that's where that, you know, having the right kind of community really fits in. You know, yeah, that is, so spot on because back in 1870 when i was 20 
Um, <laughs> uh, one thing I felt like was I knew, like I knew, I knew better than you. Uh, whatever I was thinking was probably more valid or more forward or, or more innovative. I think if what I would tell my 20 year old self now would be, okay, here's what I advise. Be quiet and listen and, and, and be willing to examine if even, even for a moment that the, the thing you're thinking, be willing to examine the thing that's 180 degrees from that. Right. Because the moment we decide we're right, we go from a situation of every possibility is open to only one possibility is open. So what I do now that's really different from what I did when I was 20 is I try to hang on to not committing to my sense of I'm right and this is what I'm doing until the moment I have to. Which is not to say that I, I procrastinate and I try to stretch that out, but I try not to be premature about it. You know, I try to be, again, curious. You know, curious to think about, well, what's Sean thinking? And what's Adam thinking? And what's David thinking? And what are, the, what are their views like? And how is that different from mine? And what does it reveal to me that I'm not seeing? Because when I've decided something, then I'm not seeing everything else. So, and I think now is the time to really, I think, I feel like we live in a post-truth media culture. And I, so for instance, I think that makes it doubly hard to deal with a situation like this, where it can be even difficult to know that the thing you're hearing from a source that maybe you should think is trusted, that you need to hold space to hear the opposite thing. And, and, to, and to begin to, to parse those things. Hey, Mario, who, who, um, who do you want, who, who are we uh, trying to talk to, right? So in, in, in light of the specific question at hand, right, um, the battle to stay positive and keep moving forward. Is this uh, a persona of different comments or attitudes that you've seen? Like, what is the general attitude? Who, who's the person that we're trying to help or talk to right now? I think right now, um, the, that's the general sentiment that I've been receiving from people that are following me or that are, um, that are um, you know, even people in the pro group that have, I've had private conversations with. Um, so it's, it's really a question for all, but technically, you know, as, as dadpreneurs, and then this is what we're, what we're, this is where we're at right now. We're talking to um, business owners or um, or you know high level operators of businesses that are family men, and how are they going to how how are they to lead their families right now? Stay positive, stay positive for their family as well and their business, and and work through this whole thing. So that 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 would be the audience. And, and, and the assumption is that maybe some of these guys are are uh, having a hard time trying to stay positive and don't know how to necessarily move forward right now. Uh, Adam had something to, to jump in on what Bob and uh, Bob was saying. Yeah, you know, it's, you know, it's funny. Um, Mario brings up a good point, right? So we're, depending on what, what the group's focused towards, right? I mean, it still comes down to they're, they're still human. They're still a man. They have a mind. Um, and, you know, it's, it's essentially trying to ease that mind with everything going on, right? So maybe I can lend some insight because I know Bob and Will were talking about it you know, if I was looking 20 years ago, um, I'm still in my twenties. So I might be able to lend a <laughs> later twenties. Who let this kid in here? <laughs> right. 
lend a little bit of um, insight to it because some of the things you say about media, they are true. Um, You know, the media can be quite blunt. And and what Will brought up was um, surrounding yourself with, um, you know, your circles, right? The people that you want to seek um, influence with and not just being influenced by um, any any Joe Schmo off of the road. Um, What I can see, though, is that even if you set up the, 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 the circles of people you want to be influenced from, um, I find that the media can almost pierce or infiltrate those circles because they have a direct link directly into your home, to your TV, to your phone, um, to your social media. You know, everything's there, right? So even, even just saying that, it, it's really putting your blinders on, right? And, and what goes back to Bob is, receiving advice right um sometimes i do think that i'm like hey i might know a little bit more on this situation but what i've been focused on um mental health wise um actually very strongly for the the last six or seven months um it's been a a prime focus of mine and the reason of that is um because i'm starting to understand that okay there's a ton of advice flowing out there right the the interwebs is um a ever flowing river and it's never going to stop um and it's really just picking the nuggets that you think um you could almost receive in the best fashion um and the way i prep myself to receive information is almost a a a grounding effect right so when we're talking about community and, and how do we stay mentally alert one of those things is i find nature helps right so you could surround yourself with a circle of influencers um, that you want to seek advice from. But there's the, um, the news, right? And, 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 and that can hit you and hit you and hit you. And you need something to ground yourself. Um, and what I find helps is it's almost like you step out the door and it's like, hey, the world is not burning down. The birds are still chirping. The fresh air and, and that kind of grounds myself to then be able to receive uh, what really I should be taking in. Interrupt. Uh, I've got to take off, but I really appreciate being a part of the conversation. Uh, Mario, thank you so much for inviting me. Unfortunately, I've got a meeting. I'm already running a couple minutes late for, and I was just called in. So uh, yeah, thank you so much for for, for everything. And yeah, I'll be watching the rest of this because I'm curious to see what you guys have to say. (laughs) See you soon. Bye-bye. So I had something uh, to share in regards to, to both points, right? How to stay positive and then how to keep moving forward. Um, on the positive front, like I, I go straight to the spiritual aspect. In fact, I'll, I'll uh, share my screen real quick just so you guys could see uh, this. So like I, I wrote a post on, you know, SeanTomBagahan.com. I don't really post here much, but this thing called Faith in the Frenzy. And it's specifically related to like the COVID-19 situation, what I've seen and, and the scriptures that have kept me grounded. Um, specifically, one of the, the, the uh, most influential scriptures um, has been James 1, right? He says, I counted a joy, my brothers, when you suffer trials of many kind, because the testing of your faith builds perseverance and perseverance has to have its work so that your faith would be complete, not lacking anything. And so one of the hardest times in my life that I was going through, I was really holding on to that verse, that uh, believing that whatever God had for my life required a faith that I didn't currently have. And in order for me to have that faith, it needed to be tested and developed, and I had to have perseverance. And so I, I counted it a joy. I didn't 
feel joyful that I was going through trials and troubles and stuff like that, but I could count it a joy because I knew that something greater was on the other side. And I also have an underlying faith that, um, you know, in, uh, in a God that's unchanging so that my, uh, when my circumstances do change, um, my faith and my hope is rooted in, in anchored in something that doesn't change. And so I don't know how else to keep your mind regarding like the most terrible we're, we're not what we're dealing with right now is is relatively not that bad um, it's a global wide pandemic i understand but like it you can go through pretty much anything that's what um and i don't want to make a whole sermon out of this but uh, uh paul talks about in philippians he's like man i've learned the secret of being content in all things whether well-fed or hungry i know what it's like to be naked and to be clothed i can do all things through christ who gives me strength so he's got his underlying hope and a god who's not changing so that no matter what circumstance he's going through he can do all things um so that's on, on like how to stay positive that's how i do it now to move forward how do you move forward okay so now that we're i, I have positivity but i also still got to be productive and i did a call the other day called uh, staying productive, not just busy, right? Because it's very easy right now to stay busy, but busy doesn't equal productivity. And I kind of tracked like how I was seeing things progress when the COVID uh, situation happened. Um, I saw, uh, you know, like the tides of change are coming. And so it starts with like just denying reality. Okay, well, there's something, but just I'm gonna ignore it. It's probably nothing. And then it's like getting closer. It's getting more obvious. It's getting like more apparent. Uh, you know, then I'm going to have a little bit of unsettled avoidance, right? I'm, I'm going to, I feel worried, but I'm not going to really do anything. It's probably not going to affect me. And then all of a sudden, boom, you're disrupted. Everything changes and forces beyond your control make you uh, have to do something different. And so now how do you deal with that? And because that's the position that everybody is in. And I've seen two responses. One is like, I'm going to hunker down and wait till everything kind of goes back to normal, or I'm going to accept and pivot. Right. And so if we just say, I'm going to wait until everything blows over, I'm going to try to get my stimulus check. I'm going to try to, you know, see what payroll protection plan and all these things that the government's doing. I'm just going to hopefully wait until things get normal. I think that's a bad game plan uh, and you're not going to end up winning. Um, I think that you have to do the latter, which is to embrace and pivot. You have to embrace the situation and say, okay, this is I don't get to choose these cards, but I get to choose how I'm going to play with them. And, uh, and now how do I pivot with the circumstance? And I think there was four things that I identified that we need to be doing. One, one was um, strategizing, right? Now's a really good time. We, we all have time to plan, uh, to plan for our business. Bob, I know you, like in your business is like, I, if I understand correctly, 100% reliant on like events, um, or it was, <laughs> it's just like, so there, there's no, you got more time than anything right now to, to strategize like, okay, how can I do things? And so the, the things that, um, we can strategize are like how to be more efficient. How can we uh, market? What are new markets in untapped areas? Uh, what are the opportunities that are out there that are maybe unserved that I could uh, potentially help with? The other thing outside of strategy is learning. There's a whole bunch of books that I have that I need to go through in courses and, and new disciplines and, and um, uh, methods of efficiency that I want to learn. And so I'm going to strategize. I'm going to learn. I'm going to collaborate. That's the third thing is things like this. We're collaborating with, you know, different people, seeing how they're handling things and seeing if there's any potential work we could do together to be productive and, and to add value. And then the last thing is to create. 
uh, create content, that content list that you've been stacking up, whether it's the Instagram carousels, the blog posts, the videos, the YouTube channel, the podcast, the, you know, the pages on your website that you need uh, to redo the case studies, all of those things that you've been sitting on. Well, now's the time to create. And so those are kind of like the four things that I'm trying to work through myself right now, strategize, learn, um, collaborate and create. And so that's how I try to stay positive. And then now I got to move forward. You got some powerful tools too. I mean, your faith, Sean, that's powerful stuff. There's, I have a good friend of mine who says that fear and faith cannot occupy the same space at the same time, you know, and, uh, the thing is this about faith, you know, that there's, there is faith, you know, like you have, Sean, you, you have an incredible and, and beautiful belief uh, system. Not everybody has that kind of system, but there's faith to be found in a lot of different places. There's faith to be found in the idea that, you know, I have control of actions, but I don't have control of results. So it's okay for me to leave the results in the hands of the universe, or, you know, you might say in the hands of God. But, you know, I think much the same thing and to, to, to work on actions that, that, that you can take. You know, having faith, you know, and that, and that goes to what Adam just said, too. Like, I posted on Facebook this morning because I walked out my door. The sky was blue. The sun was out in Seattle. Miracle. Uh, there was a bunny on my front lawn. That sky doesn't know anything about corona. The birds chirping don't care about corona. The bunny's eating my garden. That's cool. Um, you know, he doesn't know about Corona either. And you know what? Today, I'm safe. Today, I have a roof over my head, and I've got some food. Now, that, that could change tomorrow. It could change next week. But today, I'm provided for. And so that's a kind of faith I can have. I can look at the, the moment I'm in. I can see that I'm provided for. I can understand that I, I have little to no control over outcomes, but I do have control over the actions I decide to take next. And Sean, I think you nailed it. I mean, it's, uh, you know, yeah, we're all inside. Yeah, like my, my business is all about events, right? So what we're thinking about is like, okay, how do some of our clients pivot to virtual events? Like our brand activation clients, they still have marketplaces they need to communicate with that they need to generate excitement with, they need to get people enlisted, they need, to, they need to do commerce. So now it's my job to try to figure out a way that they can still do that, that's, that, that has some of the same power of the way we were doing it. You know, and I'm also doing things like, okay, what other tools do I need to learn? You know, there's a lot of heat in my business now around learning Unreal Engine, which is a gaming engine, right? Because again, it allows you to virtualize things. But but the thing I want to add to that is it's okay if you hit the wall right now. Like, I'm also being careful not to set up too much of an expectation for myself. Yes, I want to learn. Yes, I want to pivot. Yes, I do want to keep my eyes down the tracks and, and not just be, be hunkering and sheltering and not doing anything. But at the same time, I'm trying to recognize for myself that I am a, I am a human being in the midst of a crisis with all the other human beings. And that on a day, when, if I start the day and I'm feeling good, I'm probably, that means I have half a tank and not quite a full tank. So if I run out of gas, that's okay. And I don't have to beat myself up today about not getting that white paper about virtual events done. I can acknowledge that I'm a human and that I need a higher power. You know, for some people that higher power is really identified. 
for other people, that higher power can just be enough to know that you don't have it. That's okay. But there, but that it, together we might have it. You know, the, that, you know, for some people, their higher power can be, there's a group of us and you're not alone. Uh, so I think that, that, you know, Sean, I think you, you beautifully, you know, wrapped up that whole question there. And, and, and I just wanted to add to it to make it clear that, you know, you don't have to be, for instance, a follower of Jesus Christ to have faith and to know that, 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 that faith and you can, you can get rid of fear by having faith. So just real quickly, Bob, Bob's spitting scripture without knowing that he's spitting scripture. Tom, <laughs> Sean, I know, I know you know where I'm going with this. Beautiful, right? Yeah, it's beautiful. Because in Matthew 6, you know, the whole, the whole thing is don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow is going to worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble zone, right? So that acknowledgement. So I just want to hit on two things that Bob, Bob beautifully just went on. Just that acknowledgement that you can prepare for tomorrow, but you can't worry about it because you have no idea what's going to happen when you wake up tomorrow. Right? You have no idea what's going to happen, but you can prepare yourself to deal with whatever's going to happen. I think we've talked about a lot of that during this whole, this whole time today. And the other part is, um, which I think, again, Bob, Bob is really, Bob, you're really wonderful at acknowledging and understanding that you need to acknowledge and feel the moment that's happening right now. And I think we need to give not just not just know that we're we're, we're going to feel that but giving ourselves permission because of what's happening right now to stop and feel the the effects of that you know not dwell there not live there but but really take part in feeling what's happening uh in the moments that that are happening right now because everybody's going to be affected in a different way and everybody's going to be affected in their own way and everybody's going to be responding in their own way so um I just wanted to thank you, Bob. Love that. Just observing the uh, the silence here. <laughs> now, I think I think these are all great points and uh, good good um, things to reflect on and acknowledge. Uh, you know, as far as the situation that we find ourselves in, um, just just as a as to go back to what I originally brought up in my mini freakout, um, really my day-to-day, -day, I was having this conversation with Mario and, and a bunch of other people, but my day-to-day -day is 90% the same because I work from home. Uh, all my contractors are remote. Um, you know, all the projects that I do are done remote. So uh, it, it's not really disruptive to my workflow. It's just that one mini freakout I had, and, and maybe you guys can speak to this too. Um, is when I was thinking through like, okay, if this thing continues and it like really ramps up and like infrastructure, so social infrastructure start to break down, like, and currencies mean nothing, like currencies become meaningless and, you know, the whole zombie apocalypse type scenario starts to happen. Like, I know it sounds crazy and it's like, you know, but... I, I'm, I'm, the way that I think through things is to see the minutiae or the nuance in things. I try to push things to the exaggerated um, polar, you know, end. And so that's like the polar end is like when the whole infrastructure falls and people are just going crazy 
guns get involved and like brute force and basically Mad Max is, is you know, uh, unleashed in the world. Like, how, how am I going to protect my family? How am I going to, like, what is going to happen? Like, what, what, where are people's mindsets going to go? And who, we're going to really find out what people really believe and what people really value. And um, it's not even about commerce anymore. It's not about how much money you have or what status you have in society. It's like we're down to, you know, primitive you know i don't know like just the primal kind of stuff and that was when i was like oh my gosh that i could i could kind of see this happening if things go like if they expon- exponentially go the, the, the way that they're going and unfortunately on a- i i have to leave right at the mad max question <laughs> I, i'm looking forward to catching the rest of this because i want to see the answer but i gotta get going guys thanks for having me Thanks for hanging Thanks, out, Sean. Sean. Thanks, Sean. Adam, Adam, I know you gotta, you gotta. Yeah, I gotta hop too. Yeah, bedtime, to bed. bedtime here. But what, well, David? I just it, when you're in these times, right? If, if anyone's putting on a face, it's this is when you're gonna see right through it for sure, right? Transparency all the way. You know what you do now, the tone you set for <clears> who you are and what you do now is gonna. It, it's it, just like the st- it's gonna skyrocket later once everything's once everything's back to normal. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for hanging out, Adam. All right, man. You, you live in Canada, man. The, the zombies are going to pull ask you, may I eat your brain? Hey. Uh, hey. <laughs> down here, though, it's a whole other question. Um, I, I, when, in times when I start freaking out, because I, I, I don't know if it's creatives, but we, we live in our brains, right? We, we, we fantasize about zombie apocalypse and Mad Max scenarios in an instant because we're like, Oh, something's going wrong. Mad Max is just around the corner. You know, like how am I going to, how am I going to, you know, how am I going to live in a society where I, you know, I can't build my own junk car and, 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 and sail it across the, <laughs> the, the Sahara to wherever. Right. Um, but I, I think that when those times come upon me, I, I, I try to remind myself that, you know, 90% of the things that, that we worry about never actually come to fruition, right? And so is it worth my, for me, and this is just for me, is like, is it worth my, my mental exertion, my, my fear emotion to worry about something that, that is probably not going to happen, but knowing that I know myself enough that if things were heading down that way, I'd figure out how to be prepared. And I think that's, that's, that's the only solace I have, you know, with that. If, if, if anything, um, I think for me, because I'm, I'm a pretty even keel guy, I'm a pretty stoic, like uh, typical Asian, you know, not very expressive and emotional and, or at least emotionally expressive. Um, so I'm pretty like even keel. I'm pretty sensible and try to think, things through logically and things like that so I, i'm not so much caught in the worry or the the day-to-day at least worry stuff it's this whole scenario for me like this mini freak out in my mind and it was really brief it was like maybe half an hour to an hour and then i was just told my wife like about it and then we we're talking about it she's like it's not gonna happen don't worry uh, but just in my mind thinking what is the worst case scenario what it allowed me to do was to identify with people who 
have a natural tendency or a sort of a mental state for, it might be chemical, it might be whatever it is, um, a men- mental illness or, or, or whatever, but they're overly anxious or overly susceptible to depression or, um, you know, allowing, not having control of their mind in terms of um, stopping that and saying, okay, that's ridiculous. Um, I, it, it, for me, it brought me a lot of empathy towards people who are more in that sort of fragile state, who live in that more day-to-day, uh, in that fragile state of like, I know, I'm really anxious. I, what do I do with this anxiety? Uh, what do I do with like, and, and then getting sucked into some sort of depression and um, not being able to come out of that. And I think it's more probably more common than we think or than people would admit to you know, uh, their friends or, or people that they know. So uh, it just made me more aware of that, more sensitive to that. So when I'm talking with people or when I'm interacting with people through Zoom now, like not so much in person anymore, but um, it's just like, it's a, something that's sort of, sort of always on, this, on the side of my mind. Like, are they, are they going through this? Like there's a sensitivity I'm a, almost kind of looking for uh, when I'm interacting with people. And just people are always like people are trying to put on like a, a, a good face and a good, a positive attitude and things like that. But then when you start really talking about things, they start talking about their fears and their anxieties and uh, really getting vulnerable in terms of like, man, I am kind of worried about this. Um, being for me, it's this has allowed me to just connect with them deeper, better in that sense. Cause I, I felt like for me, having that mini freak out, it, opened a door in terms of uh, capacity for empathy in this situation. And I have that freak out too. You know, I have that freak out. Um, my wife kind of snapped me out of it by asking, well, what's your outfit going to be? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, you know, which was great. It made me laugh. Right. And, and that was, you know, um, it, so the thing to know about that is like, it's really normal. You're not abnormal if you're out there now having a freak out and going to that degree. I love it. The, the Dalai Lama was, was asked, not recently, it wasn't about this, but about at another point was asked, what do you do when fear arrives? And the Dalai Lama says, I invite him in for tea. <laughs> um, you know, and that is because, because of this, for me anyway, I witnessed this reaction in myself. I have that kind of mini freak out you're talking about, Dave. And then I go into fight or flight, right? I either want to run away from that future predictive circumstance, or I want to, I want to figure out how I'm going to do battle with it. And what the Dalai Lama said, I invited in for tea is, you know, I've also heard that from other really wise people, which is, of course you feel fear. You should feel fear. Mm. This is how you're wired. You know, and, and, and that, that what works for me is to acknowledge it. Oh, look, I'm afraid. I'm afraid. And then to, to, to validate it. And that's normal. It's, it's right for me to feel this way because I'm a human being with a heart and a soul and emotions. And so acknowledge it and, and, and validate it and then, and then be curious about it. You know, and then and then by by that moment, by by the point, because at the moment you you acknowledge it and validate it, for me the fight or flight goes away. It's like okay, I don't have to fight with this, and I don't have to run away from this. And can I, instead, I can be curious about it. All right, do we think that's going to happen? Am I going to have to come up with my junk car and my outfit, like Colleen talked about? 
it's probably not likely. You know, and, and, and but, you know, by disempowering that fear, which happened right in the moment of acknowledging it, I'm feeling this. It's here and it's okay. It's here to protect me. This is, this is, this is what my body and my brain knows how to do to protect me. Thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for trying to protect me. Have a seat. Have a cup of tea. I'm going to try to do some scary things now, you know. That's cool. Yeah, Liz, Liz, uh, Liz Gilbert has had a similar thing where she was asked about it and she says, um, when fear comes, I invite fear into the car, but fear has to sit in the back seat and fear doesn't get to choose the radio channel or the radio station. I thought that was <laughs> yes. great. Like, I love yeah. it. She's awesome. Yeah, I think knowing that it's okay to be afraid and to be concerned about the unknown is what you were saying, Bob, it's, it's part of our humanity and it's, it's what we need to do, you know, and, and that's okay. And we have to be okay with it being okay. You know, we have to be okay with the, with fear being in the backseat or fear having a cup of tea with us. We have to be okay because we have to, we have to understand that that's, that's part of being a human being. You know, you, you hear people like Les Gilbert talking about it. You hear people like, um, on the other side of the, the aggro spectrum, like, you know, Jocko Willink talking about fear. And he's like, he's like, of course I get fra- afraid. That's what helps me do my job, right? And fear helps us do our lives and it protects us and it guides us, I think. But it doesn't, it doesn't, it shouldn't be given the, the driver's seat. It shouldn't be given the power to, to control our environment but it should be acknowledged that it's there to help us navigate where we need to go. Right. Yeah. I, I love um, Wesley Ann Little. She talked a little bit th- about this, but um, looking at not just because fear might be the thing that you immediately feel on the surface level, but like what's the stuff that's underneath it? What are the, the sort of the more core emotions that, that are connected to that? Um, and I think there's a lot of time people are, are grieving. Like uh, there was an article, I think it was in the Atlantic or, um, with the New York Times about uh, this whole pandemic is really like people don't know that they're grieving, grieving the loss of, you know, what was the way that life was before. And we don't know how to name it. We don't know how to name like what we're going through or what we're feeling is grief. It's not just fear. It's not just like confusion or whatever. There's like a, a deep grieving and most people don't know how to grieve. And so I thought that was an interesting, interesting perspective on uh, the current state of things and how we're, how we're interacting with that. I saw that article and I thought it was really perceptive, you know, because when I reflect, you know, here in Seattle, the city closed us down in the first week of March. So we're in week five of, of this, you know, cause, cause the mayor got ahead of it. Um, but I've reflected and I've, what I've witnessed in those weeks were in the first week, it was disorientation. I couldn't believe that this was happening. And the second week, it was denial. Like it, it literally started to, it, uh, reflecting on it now, and when I saw that article, I was like, you know, because it was like, this is exactly what's going on. I can, I can map my stages of grief to these weeks going by where you work your way to acceptance. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I think that not being able to name it, 
right? That was an incredible discovery in that because people didn't realize that, that and, and you're right, David, it's like we're, things were, the, the way it was is, is now gone. The way and who we were and the way we were is now gone. You know, the other side of this is now there's going to be a birthing process, right. which is equally scary, but also full okay. of potential, which is we don't know yet what we're going to face situationally. And we don't know yet what our roles in it and how we are going to be with that. You know, so how I am with that is to, to say, okay, well, in the moment, can I, how will I show up? And, can, you know, what, in the moment, can I decide what positive change I want to create? You know, and, and, and in the moment, can I focus on what the next good best action is? Mm -hmm. Um you know, I think that it, the, there's, I love the, the word resilience, right? And resilience, the definition of resilience isn't like I'm super hard and stuff bounces off me. It's that resilience is elasticity. It's an ability to stretch, accommodate, and, and have things come in and roll off or bounce off. You know, so I don't expect to be a stone wall against which my circumstances and conditions are just bouncing off and I'm infinitely strong. Instead, I acknowledge that I'm not infinitely strong, but I do have an ability to stretch. And to, to be elastic, you have to have an anchor, right? So you have to have something you're stretching from right. and around. And so for me, that anchor is faith and that anchor is intention. And that anchor is be in the moment and be curious. And that's how I find my resilience. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, uh, I, I do see uh, at least people in our space who are entrepreneurs or who are um, uh, kind of re responsible for their own businesses or they're not just having a salary job where, you know, they're dependent on their employer to take care of everything. Um, I see that like, okay, now, now I got to, I got to do something. I have to like what uh, Sean was talking about before being busy versus productive and even the productivity part. I think some people are jumping to that because they know what's coming after without properly grieving, without properly acknowledging what it is that they're feeling and what it is that they're carrying. Uh, and then trying to jump into the next phase or into the next you know, thing, which is, I got to do something out of do, 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 do. And um, I don't know, I think maybe a lot of people out there need the permission to um, not be productive, at least for a bit. Uh, I'm not recommending that you stay in this state, but for a season, maybe you need that space maybe for a season you need that space to grieve maybe you need that space to not be productive and not be learning stuff and not be you know doing all these live streams and whatever all these people are doing to be productive maybe you just need to chill out and and pull back and reassess and reflect and um allow yourself to go through the, the process of grieving or the process of whatever it is that, that people are going through. Um, so I, I don't know. I feel that, I mean, I feel that as, as an entrepreneur, like that pressure of like, okay, I need to be proactive yeah. because this thing isn't going to be around forever. 
you know, the, the world is going to come back and maybe it's going to look different, but I need to prepare. I need to start learning things. I need to, and I, I feel that like bombardment of, you know, people pushing that way or, or, you know, that, I don't know if it's self-inflicted or if it's probably a mixture of both, but um, I think sometimes I need someone to give me permission and say, whoa, 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 whoa. Take a, take a day off, take a couple of days and, and take the foot off, take the foot off the gas. And I think this is, this is a good time to do that. I think there's, there's space to do that. And there's, there's spaces for us to give each other um, that sort of permission. And some of us need to hear it from someone else. I'm going to, I'm going to, yes, I agree with everything you said, Dave. Um, And I'm going to ask Bob to do something for us to sign us off because I think Bob does this like no one else that I know. And (laughs) so Bob's like, "Uh Oh, what are we doing? Song and dance time, Bob, get the piano out. Here we go. Um, Bob, would you, would you just kind of, I think openly help us with that conversation with ourselves and, and welcome us to, to give permission to, I think pushing back to what Dave was saying, and what you were saying earlier, Bob, was giving ourselves permission to feel what's happening right now and not rush into productivity, business, business or busyness, right? But mm-hmm. to actually just have permission to, to feel it and, and, and be in the moment right now. I love that. Um, I love that sentiment, right? I think we can all start right now by giving ourselves an A, right? We can all start right now by validating that the outcomes aren't going to matter, right? You're a good human being. You're doing the best that you can under the circumstances. You know, we have been dealt a, a hand of cards that we don't even know what's on those cards. And so everybody is doing their level best. You are doing your level best um, to move through this in the best way you can. You are enough and you're okay. And I think that if we can all start by acknowledging that part of it, you're a valuable human being, you know, and you're here to do something. You're here to, to, to leave something behind. You're here to get something done. You're here to help somebody. You're here to make a contribution. And the beautiful cosmic joke is we don't necessarily know what that is. So the best thing that that we can do, the best thing that I know how to do is just to show up in this moment we're in and to, to not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow is science fiction. Tomorrow is the zombie apocalypse or tomorrow is... Uh, 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 you know, tomorrow is an incredible revelation or the, the sudden disappearance of the, 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 the virus. It's science fiction. We don't know. And what happened yesterday is over already. And our agency in it is done. We've done what we, we, we've done that. If, if we look back on that, if I look back and I reflect and I say, oh, I, I maybe didn't meet that moment as well as I could, that's not for me to feel shame about. That's for me to, to look at to be honest with myself and to say, okay, now I have a roadmap to do it better next time, right? So my prescription for me, and it's the only prescription I know how to share, 
because I am not anybody else. I'm just Bob. My prescription for Bob is I'm staying in the moment I'm in. I'm doing what I did this morning, which is I walk outside. The sky is blue. The sun is out. I have a roof over my head. I'm safe. And that's good enough. And I'm good enough. And you're good enough too. And we can spend a lot of time wondering about what tomorrow is like or next month is like or next year is like, but we can't know. And by the way, our brains are wired up to deliver some pretty amazing things <laughs> into our consciousness about what that might be. And that is a gift because that's how we're creative. It's how we make films. It's how we paint pictures. It's how we, we write songs. It's also how we give ourselves some of our worst advice. It's also how we get started down roads that, that aren't going to serve us or the people around us well. So my prescription for me right now, which I share with everybody, and you can pick it up or not pick it up because we're all on our own journey, is be in this moment. Keep your eyes open. Be curious and be accepting. You know, don't, now's not a time to fight. It's a time to flow. So I'm going to flow. I am so glad to be doing this with all of you because Chris pointed that out. We are doing this together. Whatever happens is going to happen to all of us. And so we're either all going to have super awesome studded leather outfits and junk cars that spit yes. flame to drive around, or we're going to pick up where we kind of left off and do something similar, or maybe we're going to do something really different. That's like a major evolution, a giant leap forward for humans in our relationship with each other and our relationship with the planet and our relationship to what might be possible. So I'm sticking with that right now. And that would be what I would want to leave anybody with. Thank you, Bob. Appreciate so good, it. So good. All right, guys. Well, thank you for joining Dadpreneur. Everybody who watched on Facebook, um, whoever's going to watch on YouTube, thank you guys for, so much for joining us today. And thank you, Bob. And William Walchek and Sean Tabagahan and Adam Matosian and Dave Coe and did I forget anybody yet? Bob Boniel, Chris Dope, Chris Dope. Thank you. Oh, Chris Dope. Thank you. Thank you for thank you for making an appearance, Chris. We appreciate it. All right, guys. Thank you. I'll see you guys later. Appreciate you. Hold on. You know what? I'm gonna have to get. Uh, I'm gonna have to lock the door because. Uh, feeling this when this goes live if max comes up this although honestly i guess for, for this maybe dadpreneur having a kid in screen may not be the worthy the end of the world <laughs>